Welcome to The Things We Say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. This is a topical podcast where the topics are chosen at random. Sometimes they will be profound, and sometimes they will be stupid. But no matter what, we have a lot to say about them. We are known for the things we do. We become the things we think. We live the things we believe. These are the things we say. back on the things we say. I'm Sheldon. And I'm Nate. And, geez, <laughs> I said we'd never do this again, because I don't want to give, I don't want to give uh, Nelson any sort of like title credits to the show <laughs> or anything like that. He's going to get like a third of our royalties no. now or something. Again, I said it. He'll, he'll just be that, you know, filling in for so-and-so guy, <laughs> even though there's no third person for him to fill in. That's all he is. He's the fill in. He fills in for the air. I'm filling in for the third chair. Yeah, there we that's go. Right. Nelson in third chair today, everybody. Yes. Welcome back to the show, Nelson. Thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah. <laughs> All kidding aside, I'm glad that you're back here. And one of the uh, things that one of the things that prompted us to bring you back on is you've had a major life change in the last week or so. That's right. I am now a citizen of the United States of America. Woohoo! How does that feel coming out of your mouth? Uh, it's. It, I'll be honest, it feels very much the same. <laughs> good good thing we recorded our immigration episode while you were still a Canadian married yes. to a Guatemalan and like had some sort of uh, interesting immigration status. Now you're just a white American male. Yeah. Yes. Your opinion doesn't count for anything. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I had some intersectionality <laughs> points before, yep. uh, yeah, but now world. now I've lost all validity. You, you forfeited them yeah. voluntarily. Yeah, along with my land and titles. Yes, so. yes, yes. <laughs> Well, congratulations, though. That's Thank seriously you. awesome. That's one of the things that I do love about, for all of its flaws and all of its stuff, it's one of the things I love about American culture is no matter where you're from, you can literally become an American. Yeah. Like, you just are. It's like you said, he's just a white American male now. Yep. He's just on that stat line. And I love that. I mean, that's that's one thing that I feel like is truly unique about America. And I love that. So the, the ceremony was a little bizarre. Oh, yes. Tell me. Um, so last week, for those that don't know, was Constitution Week. Uh, and I did not know this. One of the days of Constitution Week is Citizenship Day. Okay. So USCIS makes a big deal about last week. Okay. And they'll have several swearing-ins across the country. In fact, Akron had Wait, three. Wait, so swearing-in doesn't happen just every day? No, it's specific ceremonies. They schedule them out in advance, and they get a bunch of people through all at the same time. I think there was uh, about there was over a hundred of us that got sworn wow. sworn in. Uh, I was one of two Canadians. Wow! Um, but last week, three hundred and thirty was it? Yeah, three hundred thirty thousand people became U.S. citizens in one week. Within last week, that's amazing. Uh, in mem- like in celebration of <laughs> Constitution Week and uh, Citizen Day. Were there any protesters there? Not a one. I know. Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's not very public. <laughs> and that's probably for the best. Because 300,000 well, people, this is a big day for them, and it's not very public? Well, so here's the thing. Um, immigration can be polarizing. Mm. Yes. Really? And so Do I think it's wise that they don't make this terribly public because there, there are crazy people out there who, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, will take it upon themselves to hurt people trying to become a U.S. citizen. Yep. It's true. And, oh. uh, and so I think 
I think it's wise that they don't really, they're not very public about this. But there was, I mean, there was enough ways to probably find out. It was held at the Akron Library, right? At the library. So that was probably easy information to access. Um, uh, Let's see. The mayor of of Akron uh, spoke. Um, There was a, a professor. She was a professor of constitutional law. She was the keynote speaker. Um, there was uh, the I can't remember her specific title. I think she is a Ohio Supreme Court judge, and she has been for a very long time. She was there and actually led the swearing in and passed out the certificates really? afterwards. Hmm. Uh, there was like four different speakers, uh, a children's choir that sang at least two songs, and a bunch of girls that did an <laughs> Irish dance. It was a very long. It was a lot Irish longer. Irish dance. Yes. Um, Interesting, and and there was a solemnness to it. It was it was it was really well done. Uh, one of the kind of goals of it, you can tell, is they want to draw attention to the fact that the people being sworn in, um, it's something worth celebrating because yeah. they've yeah. worked hard there to get there, they've sacrificed to get there, they've studied to get there. For me, uh, that, I don't really feel like that's my story, and so for me, it was just kind of like, can we rush this along? I'd, I'd like to get my kids to bed. <laughs> <laughs> like, what time of day was this at? So it starts at five. We left around eight. Wow. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's serious. Yep. If yeah. you had asked me what I thought this was, I would have thought you would have went to, like, I don't know, some official building in Cleveland. Yeah. And, I don't know, an FBI Maybe building Columbus. or somewhere, or Columbus, a state capitol somewhere. Mm-hmm. And maybe a judge. Yeah. Or probably some sort of immigration officer, officer mm-hmm. of some kind would have led a swearing in. Small room, mm-hmm. nothing like in and out in twenty minutes. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. You're, just... you're basically describing uh, Lyndon Johnson swearing in as president after Kennedy was shot. Well, yeah, that is how yeah, I would have preferred it. To be honest, <laughs> I would have preferred it an in and out. Hey, just yeah. read this and let's yeah. go. Um, but I, I, I do respect the fact because because I am a, a minority in that. For me, there wasn't a lot of sacrifice to get there. Yeah. Right. A lot of the people there were, there was people from Jordan, there were Bhutanese women that were, a bunch of Bhutanese women that got sworn in. Mm. Um, uh, people from Jordan, from Pakistan, from India, from from all over the Middle East. Um, I think there was at least one Russian guy there, like a, a, a real hodgepodge of cultures. It was yeah. pretty cool. Um, and, and a lot of people dressed in traditional clothing mm. from their cultures. That's cool. Um, a lot of proud grandmothers and and it was very cool yeah yeah i uh this year um carlos santana who plays for the cleveland indians and now which was not the case initially uh yasiel puig who also now plays for the cleveland indians uh both became american citizens and they were both extremely proud of this you know on twitter and instagram and and that always just gives me feels i mean that's if if there's anything that is like will will hit my patriotism button it is hearing that people have become citizens like that just i don't know what that is man but that just uh i like it i <laughs> i like it there was for me a little bit of guilt mm. not feeling like this was a big deal yeah uh during the ceremony i'm looking around I'm like for a lot of people this is a big deal yeah and for me it's just a day yeah and i'm trying totally. to get my paperwork done so totally. that things get easier totally and so there was some guilt with that um, I mean, it's kind of the same guilt that I think a lot of Christians feel sometimes in church when there's a big spiritual movement thing happening in church and you're just not really feeling it, but you're there. Yeah. And yeah. you're kind of there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. So, We've all experienced that. So it was very much like that for me, except with immigration. Yeah. So. 
Oh, best, cool, though. best thing I've ever heard on the advice about that thing when the Holy Spirit is moving, but mm-hmm. you're not feeling it is just go to where the Holy Spirit is moving and hang out mm-hmm. and see what's happening mm-hmm. and just be a part of enough of these gatherings and it'll be a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's some of the best advice I've ever got because it kind of takes the pressure off of it. It's like, I'm just here to hang out. I'm and just see an observer. I'm, I'm here. I'm partnering with what's happening and... You know, whether it happens to me or not, it's good. <laughs> there, was, there was one particular thing that I found really interesting. Okay. So, uh, as I mentioned, there was a bunch of Bhutanese women getting sworn in, and there's a guy that I, I think he is active in their community. He's an American, uh, and he was there kind of to uh, take part in and witness them being sworn in. Yeah. Um, and he struck up a conversation with me because, you know, I, I kind of stuck out there. I was pretty pale considering the majority of the crowd. <laughs> so we struck up a conversation. We, you know, where are you immigrating from? Canada. He's like, oh, Canada's lovely. I was like, yeah, Canada's got a lot of great things to offer. And he's like, well, we'd trade you uh, Trump for Trudeau, Trudeau any day. And I was like, ah, I think you'd regret that. And then the next day, <laughs> all this big scandal about Trudeau comes out. And I was like, see? like My thing on Trudeau, because Canada's hemorrhaging money yes. under Trudeau. Trudeau's father was a controversial prime minister mm-hmm. in that some people think he was very good and some people don't. His son is less controversial. Most Canadians, most Canadians do not think he's doing a very good job. Yeah. He's, he's a very handsome, charismatic guy. And before he ran for prime minister, one of his kind of biggest claims to fame was when he was on Much Music, which is Canadian MTV, showing how he could prat fall down a staircase without hurting himself. Like he's a frat boy <laughs> whose father happened to be a prime minister. Yeah. And that was his gateway into becoming yeah. a prime minister himself. Yeah. So Yeah. I, I do think this whole scandal with him is funny because mostly in my mind I'm going because for me I look at something I'm like I'm like, who cares? Like this is not a thing. This doesn't affect how he governs. This doesn't affect what he does. I get it. Some people are offended by it. Great. And that's how Canadians usually approach yeah. uh, politics. Yeah. But my thing is is Trudeau and the like have set the rules for this game. And so in my mind, I'm going, he should not be discounted for this politically. He should be kicked out because he's terrible and because he's doing a bad job. But you have set the table, and now we must play by the rules that you have set. And so that's the thing where I'm going, y'all made this bed. It's it's time to lie in it. Yeah, I found myself at one point today... um, really hoping that nobody remembers the movie Master of Disguise because it would be terrible for anybody to remember some of the impressions that Dana Carvey did in yeah. that movie, which in today's understanding were distasteful, but as late as the early 2000s were acceptable, right? Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder. Yeah. Um, that oh, one no, Jamie got... Foxx said that was okay, so it's all right. Yeah, and I agree with him. Wait, I so agree Jamie with... Foxx is, is the gatekeeper for all African-Americans? When you speak authoritatively on something on Joe Rogan's podcast, I mean, he it got, makes it okay. He played right. Django. Yeah. So if anybody gets to speak authoritatively yeah, okay. on what is and isn't racist, right. I, I think he gets a there pass there. Well, and here and here's the thing with that. I don't know how well, I know how we ended up like I was here for ending up like this, but I'm this I'm surprised we ended up here. But my whole thing with this is is the only people who are actually offended by this are people like us, <clears throat> and then they get all up in arms and it goes all over, and mm-hmm. then other people latch on to be like you know what yeah that is offensive and i'm like they they're they're mixing up the definitions of the word offensive and distasteful yes right do i think blackface is funny not particularly do i think it's tasteful not really do i think it's a face offensive no i have 
I, I have several black friends, and I know that that's not really uh, any kind of defense, <laughs> but I have several black friends who have discussed with about blackface and about cultural appropriation, and they both, they both, both of those topics <laughs> have been claimed to be offensive, and then when I point out movies where it's done, like Malibu's Most Wanted, yeah. which like highlights and almost glorifies cultural appropriation, yeah. and Tropic Thunder, uh, and oh man, there's so many. It's only offensive when somebody you don't like is doing it. Basically. Yeah. It's although, just become a stick. Although I like Nate's point. In cancel culture, which is, you know, you've done something offensive now. You've crossed a line. It's too far. Yeah. It's time for you to be canceled. Yeah. So you lose your Twitter and you lose your Facebook and you lose your YouTube because you said bad words. You bad, 15 years ago. Bad sounds came out of your mouth. You can't lose your Twitter so, if you don't have Twitter. Yeah. It's true. I'm thinking ahead. And so it's, it's time true. for you to be canceled because it's just too bad. You know, if you're a part of cancel culture and you do something worth canceling, then yeah, you know what? I'm Again, not gonna. I'm not gonna. You you have set the table. You have made the bed. You. It is time for you to lie in yep. it. That's just the way it goes. My policy yep. with cancel culture comes from the policy I've had since I was a teenager before cancel culture, which was just if you are personally offended by what I've said, please come tell me. I'd like to know so that I can understand why it's offensive and that I won't do it again. If you think somebody else was offended, keep your mouth shut. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they're offended, they can come and talk yeah. to me. Yes. Anyway. But again, Whew. that is not why we're here it's at not? all. <laughs> not at all. That's of course, not why I guess we're there's here. no definition of why Nelson, we're here you, ever with Nelson You also Nelson had in the a building. few other things in the back here. What else do you have? Yeah, um, we're going to do something great for radio. We're doing an unboxing. Yes. Um, as I left because the ceremony. Because that helps the viewer at home. That's right. <laughs> as I was uh, uh, leaving the ceremony, they handed me a handful of things. I have not looked at them. Don't really know what's in this bag. I do know an apple rolled out of the bag and I ate it. <laughs> um, what if you weren't supposed to eat it? Yeah. What if it's like what if it's like the citizenship apple that one day one day somebody from immigration plant this like, tree? Where is your citizenship apple? It is Ohio. I mean, Johnny Appleseed is uh, yeah. kind of you know a saint around here. So, so one, okay, so one can only hope. I have this bag that says Ohio, where history comes alive. Is that Ohio State? Is this just a gift bag from the ceremony? I don't, know why, that's, is this I don't we know why that's... I thought oh, we were wow. the, Look at I that. thought we were the birthplace of aviation. This is a felt bucket with an apple on it. This probably had the apple in it. Very could have. Yes. Very possibly. I don't know. And, it's made and, of felt. Yes, it's a small it really, bucket it really, made of It's felt. like they sacrificed a Muppet to The make Citizen's Almanac. Citizen's Almanac. We is that a, is that a hardback? Says, oh, no, it's a paperback. It's a paperback okay. book, but I don't know what it is. Oh, it's got all kinds of... History in here, the Constitution, Can I just say, Declaration. Teddy Roosevelt could take a mean picture, man. Oh, man. I've never seen a bad picture of Teddy Roosevelt ever. I also have a print version of the Declaration of, of Independence. Photoshop. And what it's was got that? all of the names. in. This is just a, a little printed booklet. It's the Declaration of Independence in its completion. Nice. John you know, Hancock would be very sad that his, his signature, or his name is not bigger on that one. I am not. I was not a terribly patriotic Canadian. Yeah. I don't see myself as being a terribly uh, traditionally concept of patriotic American. Yeah. Um, but there are some things that I would think would be very cool. Though. And I would like to have a print copy poster in my house framed nicely of the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. I think that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Largely due to the historicity of it, not necessarily, and, and what it represents. Right. Which I guess I'm getting patriotic here. But... 
I don't know, but there's no a, worries. You're there, allowed to. There's other American things like that that I have zero interest in. Yeah, right. Totally. So, my thing is that always connected with history, like going and actually seeing the Declaration of Independence in the flesh. Yeah, but there's people there. There were not very many when I was there. It was like yeah, that's, it, that's disheartening. Cool. It was if like get, no, if you no, get I caught chance, it at the right should. time of okay, day. Good, good. But it was like, yeah, it was Philadelphia surreal. Philadelphia is awesome. A little bookmark. It's the apple, our democratic fruit. <laughs> That sounds like an insult. I know. I was trying to think of who I shouldn't say that about. <laughs> yeah, it's just a poem about apples and... <laughs> and it does... Here we go. John Chapman, better known as Johnny Appleseed, is legendary for his extensive apple tree plantings in the Midwest. He anticipated the need for apple trees as Americans advanced in today's Ohio and Illinois. Yep. It's all about Johnny Appleseed by the end of it. Oh, I man. told you. But He's worshipped around here. Not, not the true history of Johnny Appleseed. Com- completely random. But because you just mentioned, and like who you should not say this about, whatever, it, and making fun of making names made me think of Cory Booker because it makes mm. me think of Ben Shapiro always calling Cory Booker Mr. Potato Head <laughs> and him getting out his angry eyes because it's time to be angry. Although now, every time I see his face, I'm like, he literally looks kind of yeah. like a Mr. Potato Head. Like yeah. his head has that shape. However... I was reading, I have, I, I most recently did a book purge, and one of the things I threw away was oh. a, a book of interviews that uh, a guy had done with Michael Jackson in the years uh, leading up to his death. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, close to his death, not all the years leading up to his death, because that's his entire life. And there was a random moment where he talked about Cory Booker running into the room and tackling Michael onto a bed and breaking that bed. And talking about Cory Booker being this new rising star in politics, and he's the mayor of Newark right now. And I'm like, Cory Booker hung out with Michael Jackson? Like, should that be a disqualifier for him in politics now, based on everybody freaking out about Michael recently? Yeah. I don't know. Everybody that freaked out. I was like, Cory Booker was on tackling terms with Michael Jackson, apparently. He was on tickle fight terms. Which is weird to me. But anyway, little did you know there. Did you know? I like that. This is a nice a American, American flag, American pin. flag pin. It's it. I don't know. It's too. Um, if I had a nice American flag in the shape of a flag, yes. I'd wear that. That looks like something a protester wore, would have worn in the '60s. Sure, that's exactly. why I kind of like it. It, it kind of has I that think it looks '60s too vibe. cartoony. Yeah, I mean, if I wanted to play a character of Nixon for Halloween, sure. <laughs> um, oh, a recipe for apple pie. Wow, nothing more American than apple pie. Which was invented by the Chinese. <laughs> I like this paper that you have here. It's all the, the flag <coughs> the code. The flag code. It's printed out like uses of the flag, occasions for display. How and to, nice how to pictorial glide of how a guide of how to display the nice. flag. So this is the kind of patriotism thing that I don't really go in for. Yeah. This is a a pencil, number two pencil with an American flag on it. No. I I feel like putting the flag on stuff to be worn. Is gross. Yeah, and I feel about that way. Unless it's Canadian an actual flag. flag patch on something, like a baseball uniform or whatever. Like that Absolutely. makes sense. Yeah. To me. yeah, I'm with you. But like my so my dad. <laughs> so last Fourth of July was my dad's first Fourth uh, of July as an American. Yeah, he wore a pair of American flag swim trunks and a T-shirt that said "Snow Mexican" on it with a Canadian <laughs> maple leaf on it. <laughs> A notepad to go with my pencil. <laughs> the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States in another pamphlet. See, I like that they give that out. That makes me happy. U.S. Constitution and fascinating facts about it. Mm. I'd like to know who did the editing on that one. 
And then this was, so the, the celebration w was very bizarre in several ways, but the part that I liked the least is they have in here a list of the 2019 new citizens that were sworn in at this ceremony. It's not in alphabetic order. It's not in order by country. It's also not in the order that we were called up. So, which also was not in alphabetic order or in order by country. So it's just random. A as random far as I can tell. <laughs> that were sworn in with me. Um, do we have time for me to re read through what the oath was that I, that I read? We've got all the time in the world. This is a this podcast. Is podcast. Anybody can stop at any time they want to and continue later. I suppose that's true. So naturalization oath of allegiance to the United States of America. When you become a citizen, this is what you have to say. I hereby declare on oath that I absolutely and entirely renounce and abjure all allegiance and fidelity to any foreign prince, potentate, state, or sovereignty of whom or which I have heretofore been a subject or a citizen, that I will support and defend the Constitution and laws of the United States of America against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear true faith and allegiance to the same, that I will bear arms on behalf of the United States when required by law, that I will perform com non-combatant service in the armed forces of the United States when required by law, that I will perform work of national importance under civilian direction when required by law, and that I take this obligation freely without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, so help me God. And that's the first and only period at the end there. Hmm. <laughs> wow. That is all one sentence. Yeah. That's all one sentence. And I point I that out because there's a really great book um, called Dumbing Us Down. No, not Dumbing Us Down. Um, Amusing Ourselves to Death. Okay. And he's talking about how television rots your mind, and it's not good for public discourse. Okay, he wrote this in like the '80s. Fair enough. And predicted a lot of What's what happening we're seeing. Yeah, yeah. But one of the things he really drew attention to is that, like the the opening sentence of Abraham Lincoln's debate speech. Yeah. Was like seven minutes long. The opening Single sentence. Single sentence. Yeah. And like now, if you're running for president you're lucky to get five seconds to try and articulate a concept yeah so yeah wow it was amazing and i've mentioned this before but it was amazing in the 2016 election i was just so fed up with all of everything i mean i'd seen hillary clinton around long enough that i was fairly certain what i thought of her and what i thought of her positions but i made a decision that the entire time no matter who it was if i had an issue or if i was hearing something and i was curious about it i would listen to an entire speech an entire debate, an entire whatever it was with that particular person that the soundbite was pulled from. And it was amazing. Even Hillary, who I did not care for, how many things I'm like, oh, okay, they're lying about this. They're lying about that. This is not what yeah. she said. This is not her context. And uh, that, was, that was quite an enlightening experience for me and saddened me how few people do that. What I found really interesting about the 2016 elections is how both the candidates that we ended up with, both, party, both parties, both our options were people that have been in the public eye um, pretty dominantly since the 80s. At least. But right. here's the thing. And so we know both these people. Here, Very much that's, so. That's the problem, and it goes back to the way we do our primaries. It's because they're polling at 28% just on name recognition alone. If you're pulling at 28% right now for the Democrats, you're winning. Yeah. So it's just all name recognition at this point. Yeah. And... And you have to get your name out there, and there's not many ways to do it, except if your name is Donald Trump and everybody, you've been on everybody's television for years. Like, if you, even if you were Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> you could have pulled 20% on name recognition alone. Yeah. 
And that would have been Except enough. Except he's Austrian, so he can't run for president. True. So. That that would have been. An, but that's it's just an example. <laughs> like you you could have you could have put anyone that has that national name yeah. in there. Oprah Winfrey right now would be pulling at at least twenty percent, mm-hmm. which puts her in second place for the Democrats. Yeah, ticket. no doubt. Okay, so before we move on to the actual topic of the podcast, I do have one uh, thing I'd like to ask you guys, because I know uh, if you aren't necessarily Republican, you are certainly conservatives, libertarian conservatives. Yeah. And will you say, of the current Democratic candidates, which are you least offended by? Which of them do you like the most? Which of them do I like the most? Which one? I, I, I love Tulsi Gabbard. Okay. As far as all, she doesn't stand as, a chance anymore. As though. far as policy yeah. wise, and the way she understands government to work is probably the best of all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, most rational approach in, mm-hmm. in my mind. Um, but my favorite debate opponent for Donald Trump would be Marianne Williamson. <laughs> Please, for the love also of everything, yeah. can we get the two of them? Together to just play. I've said to it. just play the most mental game of ping pong <laughs> that you've ever seen. I've I've said the entire time in terms of debate partner for Donald Trump. I have I so and it, of course it's not going to happen. I so want Beto O'Rourke because I know Trump will make him cry mm-hmm. and not cry <laughs> not cry like in the way that like oh my gosh he treated him so but like cry in the way that you go this is a grown man why is he crying like this oh, yeah. and I want to see that. I want to see the Bobby Newport meltdown mm-hmm. of Bill And it's not good. It wouldn't be because no. he was mean but to no, him. But no, honestly, I would just... Yeah. I, like, I, I struggle so because ideally, of the personalities even though you, I struggle. Even though you yeah. don't like the Democratic standpoint um, for the most part, ideally you wanted somebody that if they were yeah. elected, you'd still be okay, okay with. Of yes. the candidates today, if, if we said no Republican politics. is going to win, yeah. pick the um, winner that gosh. you'd be most comfortable with. Because that's, I think, good American politics, yeah. where you root um, for their best candidate. Yeah. Right? Andrew, I Andrew Yang interests me. Yeah. Right. Um, I feel like he's at least a rational human being, mm-hmm. which is helpful. His universal basic income is something I cannot. I, I feel like he is planning for a world that at the, at, at the very best does not yet exist, may in the future, but does not yet exist. Um, and he's trying to get too far ahead of the curve with that one, in my opinion. Um, I, I actually listened to him. He was, he, I think he was on Shapiro's podcast. And I was very impressed that he was yeah, willing to Sunday go on and do that. With Shapiro. And that was the first point listening to him where like, okay, there's a lot I disagree with, but at least you're willing to sit down and have a conversation right. and have a debate sure. and not just vilify. So I like Tulsi Gabbard. I, I struggle with her Second Amendment stance. Um, she's right. very anti-gun. Um, which I struggle with, uh, but again, I'm not a single well, issue. At voter, least she has a better Second Amendment stance yes, than, than everybody. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. Robert Francis O'Rourke. Yes. Yes. So I would go with either Tulsi Gabbard or Andrew Yang. One of those two, probably yeah. Yang over Gabbard. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, what kind of threat is Marianne Williamson if she was in there? She'd be amazing. Yeah, but you don't want a straw man. No. No. You don't want Our President a strong Williamson election. would be amazing. <laughs> okay, okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> Come on. Okay. Today in our press conference, <laughs> President Williamson did a seance for the entire okay. press corps. I will say, in her defense, the whole Crystals thing was not her. I know, but... <laughs> I feel bad for Marianne Williamson because I feel like she is the most genuine candidate. 
Right. This is who she, she really is full out. Saying. Yeah. And she is, even if it wasn't all the craziness, she would be getting absolutely crucified. Yeah. But again, I think it's very revealing how, how much heat she's taking from her own side. Yeah. Um, right. And, so so what, one of the things that I think that a lot of, uh, and, and trust me, Canadians are bad about this too. Americans don't typically look at who do I like the most out of the other side. Yeah. And that's bad. We ought to be doing that because totally. we need to be honest about what is it that we value in our politicians. And it's, it, and absolutely, their policies are important. Right. But there are certain character things that we need to be looking for. So, like, I really like Yang and Tulsi Gabbard because they're sincere and they think things through. Yeah. I don't always agree where they land on things, but totally. they show their work, right? right. So, I just yeah. like reasonable people. Yeah. Even reasonable people I disagree with. Yeah. I'm okay absolutely. with that. I'd and rather, I'd and rather... I, think, I think Tulsi could command a room pretty well. Like, yeah. I'm not worried about her governing. I think but Biden doesn't have a takes mental vacations, and I'm not... Biden's always taken mental vacations. That's, like, I, I'm surprised by the people who are surprised by the way Biden is. I'm like, he has always been this guy. Yeah. Like, everything you're seeing, you're like, oh, is there something mentally wrong? With I'm like, no. That's no, who he is. This is Joe Biden. This, he's yeah. just, as, as, as Ben Shapiro says, it's not that there's anything wrong with him. He's just a dunderhead, and he always has been. It's I, okay. I mean, I, he's likable enough. It's just... As he's going along, you Grandpa just Joe. you you run into that space where you're like, he was not ready for that uh-uh. exactly right now. That yeah. just wasn't his thing. But uh, he, even uh, even Barack Obama rolled his eyes at Joe Biden a lot while he was his running mate slash his VP. But it was, I, it I, I was witnessed Joe. it on t- yeah. national television <laughs> multiple times. But yeah, good old yeah, because I remember man. even back then they were, they were talking about it was a controversial choice as a running mate because yeah. he has so many gaffes. Right. And then trying to get him off the ticket for the second round, but then that didn't end up happening, which I don't know if he pulled some kind of leverage or sure. what. But yeah. But so Biden doesn't have a chance because, as it's recently been revealed, he's racist. Um, yeah. Which is. Uh, Tulsi doesn't asinine. stand a chance. I know, it's ridiculous. Tulsi doesn't stand a chance either because they he's cut her out of the racist. last debates. He, he, and so she can't get into any of the future right. debates because of that. Wait, Tulsi can't get in? No. She doesn't have a chance anymore, man. Well, and that's, uh, and that's my thing. I'm, I, which I'm is a shame. I'm hopeful that the reasonableists win this election sure. regardless. Well, because even, I want to see. I miss uh, I miss a Democratic Party where I look look at a candidate and go I can maybe vote for them if I had to. Sure. I miss that. It's been a while. Yeah. When it's was the been last a time? Long, actually, I've never been a voting age when that's been the case. Carrie Edwards. Um. No. <laughs> no. 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 Lieberman Gore. I I. Joe Lieberman. Joe Lieberman. Scru- Joe Lieberman. I was okay was with Joe Lieberman. Guy. I was actually really surprised that Gore picked him in that. Even as a Theodore kid. Anyway. Roosevelt. Teddy was a Republican. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. 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 Yeah, his cousin was a Democrat. Yes. I was, yeah, somehow early on I had them in my brain as brothers. Yeah. And it's or the never Bull gone away. Which it, he did not win. But it's he did never get shot gone during. away. So in my mind they were still brothers. Yeah. Have but, you have you heard that story about what? Teddy Roosevelt when he was running mm-hmm. uh, at the Bull Moose Party yeah, and got yeah. shot? Yeah. His, Just his, kept on his folded up speech was what saved him. Yeah, he had a, I forget how it was like seventy some pages folded in half or something mm-hmm. ridiculous. And so like then that. he put his hand over it and put yeah. it to, to hold the blood in. Yeah, and delivered it from memory. Yeah, and so then like there was this rumor going around that the man couldn't be killed. Yeah, so interesting fact about the <laughs> he relationship did charge between up San Juan Hill and not die. That's true. true. Um, the interesting that. So I've read a lot about him. He's my favorite of the presidents, although I think he was, in many respects, a terrible president. Agreed. Um, 
But okay, okay, we'll get into it later, Sean. Yeah. But uh, one of my favorite things about him and FDR is that he wasn't invited to FDR and Eleanor Roosevelt's wedding. <laughs> Eleanor Roosevelt did not want him there because she said he is the bride at every wedding and the and the corpse at every funeral. <laughs> and he came anyway. That's, <laughs> That's the beautiful. Best yeah. Description of Tony. Oh Roosevelt. my goodness. All right. one, of, one of the things though that I will always respect him for is that his first term that he filled uh, for McKinley on, he essentially fulfilled, even though they were very much opposed to each other, mm-hmm. he essentially fulfilled whatever he could of McKinley's campaign promises. Yeah. Because for him, he said, the American people elected McKinley, not me, so I'm going to go through with this agenda. Yep. And then ran on his own the next time around. I'm like, okay, that's that's some serious integrity yeah. when right. you can do that as a politician. And part of his campaign speech the second time he ran uh, was that if elected, he would not run a third time. Yeah. <laughs> And he didn't in he didn't. the Republican ticket. No, that's right. <laughs> anyway. So one thing that we need to put to rest at some point yes. is the fear the tournament. Fear so tournament. we're going to end it today. We're going to try we're to gonna end We're going to go it. all the way to the end, okay. and we're going to let Nelson we're gonna, we're jump in a little on this. Long this episode. Uh, that's cool. okay. Uh, and some of these will go pretty quickly because sure. we've discussed some of these before. But you get a vote, so it's fine. I'm, I can be a Where's the bell? Do we have the bell? Oh, oh wait, where is the bell? I think it's in the we it's in the top bell. drawer. Okay. It's in the top drawer over there. In the accessories hey. drawer. There we go. We're Test prepared. Lovely. Aye. All right. So whenever we've sufficiently beat it to death. Nelson just claimed the bell. You can't just claim the bell. We need to have it here. <laughs> we just got to leave it centrally. centrally. In, Can we all reach that? Yeah. In striking good. distance. Good, good. Like all right. So whenever we feel like we've reached a conclusion, hit the bell. And we'll move on. All right, we let's go. do the thing. All right. Uh, we have police brutality versus home invasion. Which is more scary? Home invasion. Home invasion. In the United States, home invasions are less likely to happen when a person is at... Burglaries are less likely to happen when a person is at home. Right. Because Americans do keep guns in the home. But yeah. by definition, in, a home invasion form- is someone... Coming into the home intentionally trying While to While you're me. at home. Yeah, with the intent of harm. So it's rare. Yeah. It's rare, and so is police I'm, brutality. I'm going to agree with Nelson. The reason I'm going to agree with Nelson is because it is so in the media that pro- police brutality, everybody is hypervigilant to it. They expect it. They expect right. that to be. Nobody ever thinks their home is going to be invaded. There's this expectation of safety in your home. This is not going to happen to me. This might happen to me. And so I would say that home invasion is more worth being afraid of because it is a under-the-radar threat that most people don't think will ever happen to them. And most it won't, but... The other thing about police brutality is almost all the instances that you can think of where that has happened, there is video or audio or news report, and it's online. There are not a whole ton of home invasion videos out there, neither are there a lot of people sensationalizing it or pushing it. I'd also like to add... For home invasion, people buy weapons, people lock their doors, people buy new locks, people buy security cameras. What have you done to protect yourself against police brutality? Probably very little. Why? Because you're not actually scared of it. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, because I had the conversation with my dad as a teenager. They yeah. pull you over, you do this, you comply, you do that. If something's wrong, you take a badge number, you complain about it later, don't yep. do anything stupid in the middle of it. Be polite, answer the question as they ask it, and don't provide additional information. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. right. Home invasion. Self-driving cars versus sharks. 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 Do we even need to discuss this? No, it's self-driving cars. Oh, come on. 
How? Okay, because I'm for this. every single time they do some press thing about a self-driving car, the owner of the company stands out in front of it and gets run over, or immediately <laughs> after someone gets backed over. But think about the people that saved, like the Tesla thing with the drunk guy. What? Yeah, you, you're the okay, one who told but, me about okay, that. But Tesla itself is not pushing a self-driving car. It's, what they're it's, saying it's, is autopilot. It's leading that direction. It's like though. guided. Okay, but you're still. But here's my thing. But because of legality, wait a minute. minute. Legality, there's no way that they're gonna actually. But we're we're missing the point here. The issue is not whether or not self-driving cars are scary. You're gonna look me in the face and say that self-driving cars are scarier than sharks. Yes. I so smarter every day. Uh, Oh yes. Smarter every day. Did you see his recent video on sharks and blood loss? You were gonna die of blood loss before the amount of blood you need to lose to draw a shark draws a shark. Yes. So, so it's not blood that's drawing the shark. Well, eventually, yes. You have to, to jump enough. in in that one specific place in Massachusetts where people get and, eaten by and, sharks. And here's the thing about and sharks. And they know where it is. Here's the thing about sharks. One of two things is going to happen if you die. If, sorry, if you get uh, attacked by a shark. You're going to die or you're going to have a really cool story. And possibly lose a limb. And nobody's bragging about getting run over by a self-driving car. <laughs> in a self-driving car, you have a nice funeral, okay, okay. and your family sues okay. the company, okay. and they I, might win. I, I will, can't sue a shark. I will begrudgingly <laughs> defer to the majority, and we will go with self-driving cars. Oh, it's not. It's sharks, for sure. What? <laughs> I thought we decided. No, 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 no. Oh. It's definitely sharks. Uh. Who's scared of a self-driving car? Movies, movies, <laughs> movies about... Like you listen said. Listen to me. Like you said. <laughs> Pedestrians are scared of self-driving cars. Other I, I, motorists. No, I'm going to rest my case right near here. near a highway no, listen to me. Listen with to me. something hurtling along movies, at 70 miles an hour. Movies where a car is possessed by something and runs people over Catherine. are cult classic jokes. Jaws is terrifying. We already have terrorists running cars And Sharknado is even more people. terrifying. Yeah. If you and put a hilarious. bunch of self-driving cars into a tornado, I'm not scared of that. That's just a normal tornado. So are you legitimately voting with me? Is that what's really happening? <laughs> how yeah, many, are you just screwing with How many people <laughs> die every day from car accidents? I don't care. And no one dies from shark attacks. No, we I'm, pulled up the so, stats earlier. So There's like honestly, one American in the last two years has died from a shark so that, attack. So then, Sheldon, what would you rather do? Would you rather be in the passenger seat of a self-driving car or swim in waters known to have aggressive sharks? Here, I'll pose it another way. Would you rather be a pedestrian crossing a street with an oncoming self-driving car, or would you rather be in a body of water where there may or may not be a shark but somewhere he's talking in the 900 miles? Okay, okay. I would like to answer that with a little-known fact about Nelson Hicks. I've been struck by a vehicle as a pedestrian on three separate occasions. Oh, Lord. It's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> okay. He did get in, <laughs> hit in the face by a flying bird while driving That's a tractor. That's true. That's true. It hurts still. <laughs> a bird flew up and hit me in the face. No, it was flying along oh. and just nailed you in the face. Right under the driving. eye. It's still tender oh. there. So I believe... Things happen to me that don't happen to most people. clearly hit by a car... Gosh. I believe you've been hit by a car. And, so, and I'm definitely more scared of sharks than I am of cars. I was swimming in water, and we saw a lionfish. And you got to believe I was out of that water. I wasn't coming back. I, my vote will be and always will be sharks. 
has I, been. I always saw will a stingray be. when I was in Florida, and I left the water and didn't go back in the rest of the day because there was a live thing. And have you ever? I was have you ever left the city and not come back into it because there was cars on the road? No. But no. More ah, scared of sharks. Sharks. Freaking <laughs> sharks. Jerks. <sighs> Nelson, I don't know if I love you or hate you for that. I made that so long. Identity <laughs> theft versus NSA spying. I think both are equally likely. Yes. <laughs> this this changes depending how recently I've watched the movie Snowden. <laughs> this that's true. Uh, this is one that I immediately with upon finishing that movie, I covered up all my cameras on my laptops with tape, which doesn't actually do anything if you really think off. about it. Well, on your laptop, but what about this? Well, you, yeah, exactly. But whatever. I'm holding up my phone for the audience who is yes, not in the room with go. us. So here's my thing. Okay, these are kind of on equal playing field to us to an extent because they're the same. Both problem. of them, we hear about them all the time, all the time. And two, there's absolutely nothing we can do about it other than possibly pay money to make it not happen and or vote out politicians that are okay with it and then pretend like that did something. There's literally nothing we can do about either of these things. This is almost the exact same pairing that we see with police brutality, home invasion. Yeah. One's a crime committed by the government. One's a crime committed by citizens. One we can defend ourselves against. The other, not as well. Yeah, I think the one we can't defend ourselves with in this instance is actually the one to be more scared of. Yeah. So which one would you say? Because for sure? like with 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 identity theft, there are steps you can take. There are yeah. habits you can have to protect yourself. For sure. With NSA spying, if they want it, they're gonna get it. Yeah. I would put NSA spying ahead based on this one thing: identity theft is going to lead to a one-world currency. The reason that's going to happen is because the government is gonna say. This keeps happening, keeps happening. We've lost these, this many billion to identity theft. We've lost this much money. The government must do something. Which arm of the government is most empowered to do something like that? And how is it going to come about? Now we have a nanny state that's been propped up with all this spying and everything, and you have a one currency. You, you have a currency that is tied to a specific individual with some type of biometrics, so that we know for sure you're the one interacting with it. I think That's you're, absurd. I think you're far more likely to just go to cryptocurrencies over, yeah. a, over a single currency. Yeah. In order to get a, a single currency, you'd have to have a one-world government all in agreement. No, you're just saying we're done with identity theft. I mean, it could, my thing, my it thing, could be just national yeah. and you here's, have an American dollar tied here's to here's it. Here's my thing with identity theft. I don't know anybody who's ever had their identity stolen. Yeah, I know somebody who's had it stolen twice this year. I know people... Oh, that says something yeah, well, about it's, them. It's kind of like home invasion. Once it happens, it's more likely to happen again. Right. Yes. Okay, fair enough. But, I mean, I think too many people think of like, oh, my Facebook was hacked as identity theft. Yeah, when really you just left it logged in at yeah. Radio or, Shack. And or, half the time, I wonder if the stats that we get don't come from things like that. Or my credit card number got stolen. Yes, mm -hmm. which is not exactly the same thing. It's not identity So, yeah. Okay. I think NSA... We, yeah, NSA. I think NSA spying works, yeah. I think this is more sensationalized. I don't think this is talked about enough. Robots versus national debt. <laughs> I'm not that scared of robots. I'm not either. I Every time you see these things, you're supposed to be freaked out by them, which like 40% of the Super Bowl commercials this year were about robots. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm not scared of these things. 
Every time you get one that's like humanoid or a little bit of something, first of all, the ones that can talk can't walk, and the ones that can walk can't talk, and the ones that can shoot, Asimo. the ones that can shoot aren't intelligent, and the ones that like, okay, so all of they haven't put it all together, right. and it's very unlikely that they're going to be able yeah. to do that. I'm, I'm I'm afraid of AI. I'm not afraid of robots. Yeah. I'm more concerned about like drone technology and and the government using mm-hmm. robotics than I am about robots, quote unquote. Because yeah. people when they're typically scared happen. of robots, they're scared of AI robots, and that's right. a right. long ways off. So national we can debt. get into this later about why national debt's a little scary, but we're just moving on. All right, mass shootings versus hot cars. Shootings. I was gonna say hot cars. So. I'm not scared of hot cars. I'm not scared well, of mass shootings. Hot cars are being But I'm corrected. more conscious of mass shootings than I am of hot True. cars. But that's the thing that would make it scarier because it's it's being indifferent to it that can lead to the possibility of something happening. I have a dog that died because it got locked in a hot car. It happened. <laughs> have you had all of these happen I'm to mostly you? thinking about a, a child, bird flew into my face. So we're moving <laughs> things happen to me, all right? We're moving mass shootings forward. We'll get yeah. mass shootings. All right, yes. I agree with this. I think about that every time mm-hmm. I'm in a huge public place, and I don't know why. I was thinking I about think, it during the, the immigration ceremony. I only think about it every time I'm in a public place where I'm not allowed to be armed. Right. And like they have not actually. Then they've not actually provided for my, my safety. Yeah, when, when there's... You know where I'm never worried about a mass shooting? Any sports arena I've ever been to. Or when you're standing alone in a field. Yes, also that. Because you don't have a mass. Yes, there is no mass. I suppose in space. Mm. Wait, why aren't you worried (laughs) about it at sporting facilities? Because they actually have good security there. Right. They are providing, they are are asking me to trade my ability to protect myself for their ability to protect me. Yeah. And I'm okay with that because they do it. Yeah. But... This is why I have When you're giving up rights for security, it better be good security. Yes, it will be. And it better be. <laughs> There's a reason we've never had a mass shooting at a baseball game or a basketball game. Challenge accepted. Texting and driving versus cancer. <clears throat> so I regularly harass people that I see texting and driving. And I don't give my friends that smoke nearly as hard of a time. <laughs> but every time I get a headache, I'm concerned that I have a brain tumor. <laughs> <laughs> or that a bird just flew into your head. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. Avian flu. I don't um, think I've ever been worried that I have cancer. That thought's never crossed my mind. I guess here's one of the things. At least once a week. <laughs> I, 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 have a, I, I have a little bit of a window on this because my wife w- was in oncology for many years. And talking to her, because you would think that cancer is so much more rampant than it's ever been. And it's really not. What's become more rampant is our de- ability to... Detect understand cancer. and detect what it is. It used to be people would just die and be like, "Well, they were old. They were old, or they just did, the, or maybe it was tuberculosis, or maybe it was like they didn't know." Um, but she also talked about the cure rate now versus what it used to be, and yeah. and so this is one of the things I struggle because it's a very real thing, but it's so much more treatable than it gets talked about as. There are very untreatable versions and and stages and different things like that. So to me, it's it's one of those things where again. Do I think it's a very real thing to be afraid of? Absolutely. Is it something I think about every day? No. Never. Not for me. So, as much as I don't want texting and driving to go forward, it absolutely should not be scarier than cancer. On the other hand, um, both of my... No, my grandfather on my mom's side died of cancer. My grandmother on my dad's side has had cancer. 
Um, the grandfather on my dad's side, stroke. Grandmother on my mom's side, stroke. Um, and the, just the background rates of cancer are one in five. Anytime you see a study about cancer, yeah, if it's less than one in five or more than one in five, pay attention, but usually it works up to 20%. So like the chances of me getting cancer, roughly one in five, and I'm not really scared of it though. Because yeah. success rates are higher than they've ever been. Success rates in the future are going to be higher than they've ever been. So I'm not really scared of cancer, but it is relatively good odds that I'll get it. Comparatively, yeah. Um, but I also don't text when I drive, and I don't think it's scarier than cancer. So I'm, I'm torn on this one. I don't, I'm not taking a vote on this one. What do you think? I want to go with texting and driving because it's an external threat. Not only would it ha- can sure. it potentially harm you, but it can potentially harm others. And with texting and driving, I have no control over what yeah. you're doing. I feel like there's more collateral damage with texting and driving. Cancer is a horrible, horrible thing that does affect an individual and does affect families, but it is a much more localized thing. This right. could be much more horrifying on a highway. Okay. And uh, cancer is more unifying than somebody True. that got killed by someone texting while they drive. We're taking this a little too seriously. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay. It was cancer. It's cancer. Right. you got to take you the got, big C. We can't make jokes? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, whoever runs schools versus getting older. Schools, for sure. Whoever runs schools? Schools. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not afraid of getting older, and I don't think I most people are. They're just, they're just afraid of what they don't know. Right. When I go to McDonald's at 5 in the morning, there's a bunch of old guys there. Yeah. I get you so be jealous of that. I am yeah. a little jealous of that. <laughs> Yeah, you look it's like you guys. guys have been up for three hours. Yeah, you're and just you're getting started. To... Yeah. The other day I was <laughs> at Greenleaf. Old Green... guys look like they have the most fun. The mm-hmm. other day I was at Greenleaf. And they're mad about and it. And by the other day, I mean, this was like six or seven months ago. But the other day I was at Greenleaf, and we went there early in the morning to meet some friends for breakfast. And I went into the bathroom, and somebody is in the bathroom taking a substantial dump. And I thought, nice. who comes in the morning to Greenleaf and and like this is their time to take a dump like because it was the kind of guy where because I saw him come out later and it was a group of old men just like that I'm like you guys come here at least once a week maybe every day you knew this was coming and you decided you're going to come to Greenleaf and make your deposit before you go eat and I'm like who does that who leaves the comfort of their own home bathroom to go take <laughs> a dump in a stall at a, at a restaurant yeah. on a regular basis I don't know I'd almost rather poop at work than at home <laughs> and it's not even a whole get paid to poop thing it's a <laughs> It's uh, somebody else is going to clean this toilet later. That's fair. I don't have to worry about it. Mm. Mm. Anyway, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, getting so old. much. Nobody's afraid of it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> AOC versus global warming. I really don't think this is even a contest. I'm not that. I'm not scared of anything that AOC promotes. What are you or... more scared of, AOC or the thing that she's scared of? <laughs> Okay, here's. I here's, feel like we ought to be scared of the thing that we're scared of is scared of. It's like the enemy I'm, of my enemy yeah, is. I'm also just scared an enemy. of what, like all the the global warming strike and everything that people are doing. I'm I'm more worried what we're gonna do about global warming. On that note, can we just all please admit that this had nothing to do with climate and had everything to do with kids going. Oh, my teachers aren't going to dock me for taking off a day of school. Right. Sure, I'm not going to show up. Right. I'm more. I'm, I would have done that. Yeah. yeah. I'm, so, I'm more climate struck. <laughs> I'm more worried <laughs> about the fallout from global warming and how people react to it than the fallout from AOC and people how people react to her. Right. I think that's fair. 
I think that's fair. Whether it's the whether it's too little reaction or too much of an overreaction, at the end I agree of the day, with you. She is one congresswoman out of a like four hundred and twenty-seven. What did we learn? Four hundred twenty-seven congresswomen, and who more than likely will not be no, next her, election well, cycle. Well, they all She'll turn over every two to four her years. Her district does not like her. That, nobody likes her. Yeah, she likes her she a has lot. Like forty-seven percent approval rate nationwide, but less than that in her own district. Yeah, there we go. And that's only because the media works really hard. I mean, she's got a pretty right. face. Her. That gets she us does. to the one, two, three, four, five, six, gummy, seven, eight. We're in the elite eight. We're gonna pare this down quickly. Global warming versus whoever runs schools. 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 <laughs> you say this with such conviction. Oh yeah, we'll discuss it later. Okay. Because this is yeah, whoever much runs of schools. the much of the political and social climate that we currently find ourselves in has everything to do with that. Yes. Who runs schools? Texting and driving versus mass shootings. These are, to me, these are both things that are out of my control. Mm -hmm. And they could have devastating effect. Although, if one of them happens to you, you are for sure dealing with massive I, problems. I think we ought to take in consideration your international listeners. And for them, texting and driving is more of a reality. And so that's the scarier thing for people nation. And not only that, I would bet money that you're statistically more likely to have an injury or death related to texting and driving than a mass shooting. Yeah, you're probably right. So texting and driving over mass but, shootings. Yeah. But what? <laughs> Sheldon does not like writing this down. No, but what? say it. Say it. No, say it. We haven't run the bell yet. I don't yet. like doing this because mass shootings is the one thing on here that I'm probably legitimately... Concerned well, about? National debt probably concerns me a little more than People that run schools? I don't know. You can... You, I'm, can not, I'm not... No, uh, make your we case. Haven't uh, ran, we haven't run any bells yet. Nope, I actually don't have one. I'm, I'm good with it. It's more it's emotional. It's an irrational fear. Yeah, it's more emotional. I don't know. I just think if... It's just very statistically unlikely. If it ever barely touched my life, it would be something that'd be so incredibly... If there was one in freaky. our area. Right. Well, I mean, Dayton. Yeah. That's yeah. close. Everybody's starting to get one. Yeah, that's nearby. Happened nearby. So... Actually, well, well going, on, going on that, do you know anybody that's been affected or have you personally been affected by texting and driving? Yes. Okay. I know people who have wrecked their cars. Uh... Bethany Hubler, I'm giving you a shout out. Of course, you weren't texting. You were looking for something on your iPod. But that's the same thing. My dad writes long form emails while he drives. Mm -hmm. Some people, it's a skill. Others, it's not. And they think it is. It's the one who are not. In well, back in the day, we got run off the road. I remember my whole family getting run off the road and we wrecked the van because there was a lady coming around the corner and she was adjusting her radio. Yeah. That was before cell phones. Yeah. So generally, it's distracted it. drivers are a problem, but texting is the worst of it. I've watched people watching videos on YouTube while they're driving on the highway. I I listen to them, but I will not watch them. I will like use that voice to text thing. Yeah. And do that, but yeah. then you do have to look at it, make sure it's right, and didn't put any. Oh no, you can tell it. No, you can tell it to read it back to you. Oh. Okay, I have to activate Siri. <laughs> I, though I, would, I don't like yeah, talking to Siri. Yeah, I, I I do think I do think texting and driving is a is a more real problem. Yeah, uh, I know okay. I know mass shootings are nationally, but again, if you broke them down state by state, kind of like they're like when was the last time right. there was a mass shooting in Ohio? You take away Dayton. Yeah. Home invasions versus sharks. If, going, if, if you live in a houseboat, you could get yeah. both. Y'all know if we're going, <laughs> if we're going, shark, yeah, oh. that would be terrifying. Mm. 
If we're going on the likelihood of either of these happening, home invasion has to win, right? Sure. Sure. sure, I'll give you home invasion, and you have less control of it because you can you can choose not to swim in if, waters if, that have sharks. Yeah, in them. If sharks, yeah, I don't have to go where the sharks live. Yeah, but this but is the home invaders might live. come to yeah. you. So I'm going to give up a shark home invasion. I'm going right, to give up sharks because if I don't, I feel like sharks are going to win, and I don't want sharks to win. That's just too. That's just too. Everything. It's okay. I'm NSA, not that scared of sharks. NSA spying versus the national debt. Oh Lord. These are two government so again, things in the same thing. Here's my thing with the national debt. Everybody freaks out about it. It's going to crush us. From where? And by who? Because it's debt. You yeah. can't simply just print money and have a stable economy. Go ask I don't know. Greece. I've been pretty good at it. But what I'm saying, <laughs> but what I'm saying is what happens. You're interacting with someone else's economy like, and you're printing someone else's money. That's not how this works. Inter, interna- the international economy is so intertwined and so tangled up now Yeah. that... If America fails, everything and everybody fails. That's what he's saying. The national debt should be yes, terrifying. But cryptocurrencies. But what happens? Like seriously, what happens? Everything, the national debt. Like what? What is the the notice? Like does the bill come due? Like what? What happens to make it all fall apart? I so, have no. But this comes down to: Are you more concerned about government the overspending or government overreach? And you I'm can... more concerned about government overreach. Yes, because government overspending, I can elect in different people to fix that. Government no. overreach. Literally, you can elect Democrats, you can elect Republicans. They're all spending you over the cliff. That's the Republicans I'm... do it at sixty miles an hour. The Democrats are at a full ninety. <laughs> That's why I probably will vote Libertarian. Yeah, it's 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 about the speed that we're approaching the cliff. Some go faster, some go slower, but we're still going. I just have I just have after yet. a while you can push a wheelbarrow of a hundred dollar bills full I, down the sidewalk. I agree. And it that, I agree anything. that the national debt is a problem. <laughs> my my issue is everybody wants to say this. Oh, this is such a horrible thing. This is going to end up so badly. Granted, what's going to happen? I've not had a single person tell me what they really think is going to happen. That is not something akin to alarmist global warming theory. It's that same kind of like, oh, the world's going to end. The moon's going to turn to blood. Everything's going to explode. I'm like, give me, give me I, I some I think that's concrete. a great point. But I feel the exact same way, actually, about NSA spying. Like, my brother gets pretty wound up about computer securities and, yeah. and securities and, 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 and government spying and, and what they can see and what they can't. And my whole viewpoint's kind of been like, eh, they're going to kind of do it anyway. Yeah. I just kind of have to hope to do my best. Yeah. And I feel the same way about national. I'm not actually legitimately concerned about either of these. And I would say, actually, NSA spying, we have much more voluntarily given ourselves over to that than anything else. We have given them access through the technology that we choose to use that makes our life better in some ways. I think this comes back to the idea of... I don't just go buy a bass boat because I see a bass boat because I don't like debt. Mm. Yes. Because or the, fishing. The borrower became becomes a slave to the lender. Yeah. And there is some principles about money that we violate daily in the way we do government. I agree. We cannot just simply keep <coughs> passing could, budgets that are I will admit, that are past what our yeah. income is I will and admit, expect that nothing's gonna happen. I will admit if I could change one of these tomorrow, national debt is what I would change. Me too. Hashtag me too. There we go. <laughs> Am I using that right? All right. Sure. <laughs> That's the final four. Here right. We're going to make a championship here. Whoever runs schools versus texting and driving. Schools. Schools. 
Why? You have to make do you, a case. Do you understand, Sheldon? You were homeschooled. Again. No, Nate no, was homeschooled. I was homeschooled. But That's do why you... he fears the school system. No, no, I no, no fear legitimately. Of the no, legitimately. Whatsoever. Here's the thing. I, I, I'm going with this again because the more the government has controlled our school system, the more we have ended up in a situation where people grow up not understanding who we are, what we're doing, what our system of government is, what financial responsibility is. like. What our have, national values yeah, are. We have abandoned all of the things that have made us who we are as a people. But people are going to die from texting and driving. People are are literally dying from some of the things they don't understand anymore. We've gone into wars that we should not have gone to because the American people have no understanding of how the government is supposed to function. The whole woke culture war exists can be tied back because to of this, this as well. Because of the education system. Well, the entire flat earth theory goes back to us telling people telling people what we know and not how we know how or right. why we know this yeah. is so, true. So I, I'm going to go with schools 100% because I see that as one of the biggest because the good, biggest social deconstructions that has happened in American culture and honestly probably in and Western civilization in one general. Of my, one of my things with who runs schools is partly the universal, universality of it where mm-hmm. it's like Okay, now we in like our local school district in Ohio are being forced to use curriculum from uh, Common Core, New York State, whatever they came up with in the state of New York yeah. for their standards or whatever, and we've just adopted them for us and that kind of thing. To me, I would I don't like the universal standards. I would like a much more localized approach in mm-hmm. some ways, and. I would like there to be a more emphasis on the how that we Agreed. do things rather Agreed. than just what. But, but I'm the the thing I'm most concerned about is is the social indoctrination that has taken place in the school system over the last forty years, yeah, and what it has produced. Probably more than that, actually. I have another thing to add, but I'm going to save it to the next round because I okay. think this one's going on. Okay. Whoever runs schools, yeah, that came out of the bottom part of the bucket here. <laughs> Top one is home invasion versus national debt. What do you guys think? We just discussed them both pretty well in depth. What are you thinking? Are you the top of your head? Are you more concerned about some bad actors in your neighborhood or government competency? I don't know of a home invasion in my immediate neighborhood. I have more faith in people in my neighborhood than in government competency. Yeah, national debt. (laughs) National debt, sure. Plus, I can I can do something about this. Yeah, I can. He's pointing at home invasion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If somebody somebody comes in my house, they will either be running out very quickly or not yeah, leaving at and, all. And I have a solution because for you have home bear invasion. traps. Yes, and bears <laughs> who know to avoid the bear traps. Yeah, yeah. I, I have solutions for home invasions. I have a German Shepherd. I lock my doors. Yeah. I I have weapons. I you know, it's like nunchucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And books to throw at people. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what you use books for. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's what I use books for. That's we almost, don't read them. That's we the way I close out the episode. Not, can I just say we've almost come in at our at our yeah, true we're doing, time. We're doing real we've well. We've done amazingly well we're doing considering how much well. we rambled at the beginning. All right. National debt versus whoever runs schools. And this is this all comes down to some of our underlying fears of government, I think. Yes. It's definitely coming through. Okay. Large and so in charge. I would like to say Yeah, we'll on... give how about we give each person a chance to make their case. So okay. you'll go, you'll go, then I'll go. Okay. And then sure. we can rebut if we need yes. to. So I read a very, very good book by John Taylor Gatto called Dumbing Us Down, The Hidden Curriculum of Compulsory Schooling. It's excellent. It was written by 
uh, one of the best teachers in New York State. He won Teacher of the Year several years. He compiled all his essays and speeches that he wrote upon winning these and put them in a single book together. And this book kick-started like a homeschooling revolu uh, revolution in the States and the unschooling movement as well. Because basically, chapter after chapter, he goes on about how he does not teach kids to be good citizens. Mm -hmm. He does not teach kids to be uh, to, to think. He does not teach kids how to learn. He teaches kids how to be cogs. Mm -hmm. My biggest issue with people who run the schools is not even a culture thing. It is a, we are not equipping young people yeah. to think critically about anything. We're teaching them how to retain information for a short enough period of time that they can regurgitate it on a test and make those teachers look good for, uh, for, for testing down the road. I don't think it's a, t a teacher issue either. I have a lot of teachers no, that I've spent some family we're with. We're talking about the whole structure we're of it. We're talking about who runs it. Exactly. Like, and something that often isn't discussed because people think, you know, well, you need schools. No, you don't. We've, we went without schools as a, the human race for a very long time. Schools are a relatively new thing and yeah. have not been terribly successful in most countries. And most countries have drastically changed the way they do schooling. We haven't. And we like our, but our better, better educated societies have better economies, have better. Uh, but what is better educated? Because we turn. have a really strong economy not and not a terribly well educated society. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's fair, but we're also not. Well, we we all, also we've all worked with students. Undereducated as far as societies go in like third world countries and stuff like that. We're not. Granted. We're not there. But we've all worked with students through church and other things. Yeah. Would you say that those kids are critically critical thinkers or are equipped for their future? Well, I can say one thing, that the home has more to do with that than the school does. Agreed. And, Absolutely. And but one, one thing that bothers me is the amount of stress that schools pass on to kids about testing and that kind of thing. Yes, this should stress your teachers out if they haven't taught you this, but they pass it along to the children in some ways where the kids are stressing about this test that doesn't matter. I'm like, is this test going to show up on your report card? Mm -hmm. No, this is actually a report card for your teacher. So I want you to have zero stress because this is not on you. All you do is write down what you know on the state test and you go home. Don't sweat this at all. Like, this is just like, I know this or I don't know this. You know, you, you your teachers are stressing and your school is stressing because there's money tied to that. Yeah. But to pass that along to the kids is just ridiculous. Agreed. But, but and I know you guys are going to push back on me on this, but even the way we structure everything coming to our schooling is, is just doesn't make sense, right? Our lowest income neighborhoods can afford the lowest quality of schooling because of how we tax it and, and fund it. Mm -hmm. So as a result... There is no level playing field. Yeah. Right. Well, the, and, the state of Ohio actually ruled that the way we the way we fund schools is unconstitutional, because we're funding it off of property taxes. It's been ruled unconstitutional, and as far as I know, they haven't corrected changed. it. Yeah. And, right. Like come up with a constitutional but, solution. But not even the the constitutionality, which I think it's important. The constitutionality of it is important, but. <laughs> It, it, there's so many culture things tied to our education. I know I said a lot of it for me is is how are we equipping and educating these people? But there's also a culture issue tied to it as well because we make a big deal about uh, minorities not having 
um, privilege, yeah. right? Well, really, that privilege is not a skin color thing. It's a class thing. It's mm -hmm. tied to the area you were in and the funding your school was able to provide to, to equip you with a good education. Now, even the people that are in good neighborhoods, those kids are smart but not necessarily equipped. Yeah. I know people from rich neighborhoods that, like, they, they know things like facts and figures, but they don't know how to learn. Yeah. Right. Right. Like, like, so if, if not even, they our, know the quotes. Exactly. So if not even our rich people, the rich, the rich elites, children are getting um, taught how to learn, they're just getting taught the facts and figures that are going to help them get ahead, then our, our, our minority neighborhoods and lower income neighborhoods have zero chance. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and so there's the whole school system like needs to be totally rewritten mm -hmm. in some ways. What do you got? Um, I'm good with that. I would probably take it over the national debt because I believe that the national debt is a symptom yes. of how we understand how government should be treated, what role it should have in our lives, what we should expect from a government. I also think that part of the reason with whoever runs schools and what breaks this whole thing is the fact that when you are a teacher in a public school system, you don't have the choice of whether you're joining a union or not. You just mm -hmm. are in a union. For and a for a public service job. For a public service job, right. That and, is paid for with tax dollars. Yeah. And so, the in, in effect, our government is also funding the union. Yes. Because and, the, and the unions are funding political parties. And they're, they are the biggest lobbyists on Capitol Hill. When mm -hmm. you talk about lobbyists, and people do not understand this... The NRA spends not even a quarter. It's way, way less than than the uh, than the teachers' lobbies, mm -hmm. the uh, teachers' unions. Yeah, spend way more than even the NRA, which is the biggest right wing, the right wing one that you can think of. It's like oh, lobbyists. It yeah, it's exposure, probably the NRA yeah. and Big Oil and da da da. These guys are spending way less than the teachers' yeah. lobbies, and you can't and you can't do anything to touch it any change any change is fought because it's being fought with a huge budget and mm -hmm. a huge amount of money uh, to me that's part of on what the back of the taxpayer right the taxpayers funding both the government and the teachers and the union that interacts with the government and it becomes a whole like circle yeah. thing and i'm and i'm one of these guys like I know, I know people who are phenomenal teachers, which is why I'm majorly in favor of merit-based pay, raises, and tenure. Nothing more than that. Right. I don't care. I don't care about any of that other stuff. If I, I had a buddy once tell me that if he didn't have a union, he wouldn't have a job. I said, no. If you didn't have a union, you would be, higher, you would be further ahead on the food chain because you do a better job and you actually care about your students, you care about what you're teaching, you care about the integrity of what you're doing versus somebody who's been there for 30 years and just wants their payday. Yeah. I, I know a teacher who recently left the teaching left teaching and went into industry and and one of the things that I said to him was it's time for you to bet on yourself mm. because when you do hard work here somebody's gonna notice it you're gonna get a raise you're gonna get a title promotion you're gonna get this other stuff rather than just waiting it yeah. out and it's not criticism of the teachers it's criticism it, no, of the system and, like and you're it saying. is criticism of the system this this was someone that could be a good teacher and I put in a lot of time and effort to be a good teacher yeah but was in a situation where stuff was just hard it was difficult to to show that you were a good teacher yeah 
Yeah. And and to really prove that and in a way that mattered at the end of the day, you're still fighting for your job. Some of the best teachers I know every year they get to the end and they're like, well, I don't know if I'm going to have a job at this school system in this place. And is yeah. this going to work out for me or not? And I'm like, you're a phenomenal teacher for and they're like, yeah, but I don't know if the school's going to be able to keep me or not. I mean, yeah, I'm like, who are they paying? Yeah. If they're not paying you, yeah, you know, and that's what's to me, that's what's broken. Some of some of this is not reformable. And the the national debt is a symptom of our understanding of government. And yeah. I believe I believe that there should not there should be a law that you can't pass a budget that doesn't rectify with what you brought in mm-hmm. as a government last year. Agreed. Like what you brought in, that's what you get to spend. Yeah. And nothing more than that. So if all of a sudden it dries up where all of a sudden Americans are making no money, that you have no money to work with. Yeah. You have to work with what you have. Yeah. But we're, we're not going to get there if we're not well-educated. Yeah. So there one, you go. One other thing about the who runs the schools, right? And, and I have a lot of teachers and friends and family, so like I, I say this with a great deal of care, but the teaching, uh, like the school environment tells kids, if you don't get a college degree, you're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's just simply not true. That's false. Right. And so as a result, these kids work really hard in, in elementary school so that they can do well in middle school. They work really hard in middle school so they can do well in high school. They work really well in high school so they can get into a good college. Right. They work really hard in college so they can get a great job. And what we're seeing right now with the job market is the jobs aren't there because unemployment's at a record low, right? And so all these people are, have tons of, of debt and no actual skills. And we've been hard on public schools, but it's not like private schools are a solution for everyone right. either, nor are they a lot better. They are better in some regards, but not in all regard. Yeah. And, and, in the, and the other thing is, too, homeschooling is not... And a be all end all, it's not a safe solution. And for it's not everyone. realistic for and a lot not, of people. Yeah, it's not realistic that your mom yeah. is the best teacher that you can find. Right. right. You know what? Your mom may be a dunderhead. Yeah. yeah. She may be a complete idiot. Well, and and fifty percent of moms are below yeah. average. Here's fifty percent <laughs> of moms are below average. Exactly. Here's, here's and fifty percent are above average. Right. So if yeah. you fall on one of those, there you go. Great. <laughs> And, well, and it's not just moms, like maybe your dad's your homeschool teacher or sure. you have a co-op group, but it's still dependent on how good that right. group is. Here's here's my thing. Here's my thing uh, with this. And again, I'm, we've, we've obviously unanimously agreed whoever runs schools is the thing to be afraid of. Right? Sure. Um, you can but, all go be terrified now. Yes, be terrified. Um, but here's, here's my thing. <laughs> you talked about people's economic uh, status based on education. Better education equals... Better economic status, better economy in a country. That's the traditional thinking. And I think it's true. But what does that mean? And if you look at it, what is the one thing that is constantly decried and or lifted up as the marker of an educated people? When you look at statistics, when you hear people talk about educational statistics, it is not chemistry. It is not math. It is not any of the sciences. What do they talk about? literacy rates literacy yeah mm-hmm. reading is everything so i think then if this is what we're most afraid of the person that we should be most turning towards to help us not be afraid of this is dolly parton yes <laughs> my kids have been a part of that program 
Dolly Parton was uh, not literate as a child. Her parents weren't ah, literate, and she's yeah. worked really hard to help yeah. kids get okay. literate. She literally yeah. has a program she where... She's the highest funded literacy I program think, in the I U.S. I think literacy and hygiene she is are, literally are, the an institution. Things, <laughs> yeah. are the two things that keep you... In, right. in like the top tier of countries and not in yeah. third world. I legitimately believe that if you teach kids to read and give them basic math skills, everything else will basically take care, of about uh, take care theory. of itself. Like understanding yeah. germ theory is really critical. Yes. It, if you look at countries that by and large get it and by and large do not, right. there's a big difference. But even that can be tied back to reading because what you can read, right. what you can look at for yourself, you don't have yep. to rely on local traditions. You teach so, kids math, you teach them to read, and you teach them to like learning and, yes. and be interested in what they're interested in. Yes. Yeah. I guess history would be Be a into what you're into. That's right. Yeah, there That's it is. Right. <laughs> Biggest thing in our fear tournament. Finally, now. the winner is unanimously... Whoever runs schools is the thing to be afraid of. And, and that's even... 64 other things that we were kind of scared Particularly scary because we don't even know who it is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Fear of the know, unknown. Even though there are people... Even though there are people that we could say are the face, you know, maybe people say it's, what is it, Bessie DeVos right now. She's going to be gone in a little while, mm -hmm. and there will be somebody else in that position mm -hmm. that is just a figurehead. We Equally don't know who terrifying. the bureaucrats are doing all this stuff. Anyway, we're not mad at teachers. We're not no. mad at principals even. We're no. not mad. At, it's, it's the like, system. It's it is a broken whoever, system. Yeah. It yeah. is a broken system. But anyway. There you go. There you go. Do something about that, fellas. Yeah. All right. Help and, fund Dolly Parton. Yes. <laughs> yes. Man, I need that Nelson, it's great to have you on fun here. Thanks Dolly for Parton. wrapping that up. <laughs> no <laughs> explanation. No context. Just fun Dolly Parton. I particularly, if there's anybody out there making shirts for you guys, I particularly want a 50% of moms are below average. <laughs> Oh, man. That's beautiful. All right. Well, I think we're good. We're good. Uh, Nelson, once again, thanks so much for thanks joining for us. Thanks for having me it's on. I know I'll time. never get another chance, Sheldon. It's, so. and, you know, Sheldon has a hang-up that I don't have, so I'll balance him out. All on right. That one. I have this thing that we're going to get famous, and then we're going to have to pay Nelson, and I don't, I don't want to write that check. Yeah. I would pay Nelson. I don't want to pay Buddy and Jacob. Start, no, start raping in that mad podcasting money. Actually, I want to charge Buddy and Jacob for their <laughs> That's next right. time. I agree. I agree. Like Buddy and Jacob, hand us $40 before you get on here next All right, time. Well, Each. once again, guys, again, you've indulged us an extra 16 minutes on this, which seems unbelievable considering all the time that I felt like we spent on this but been a good night and uh, hopefully we'll catch y'all next week thanks for joining the conversation today the things we say is produced by Nate Ward technical direction is provided by Sheldon Stauffer you can subscribe to the things we say on SoundCloud and iTunes don't forget to like us on Facebook at the things we say podcast to keep the conversation going this has been the things we say see you next time